As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. You end up gaining a little more confidence. And every time you take action, you're stretching your own boundaries. So your belief gets a little bit bigger, I guess, and then you're able to do more. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, It allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how are you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff with us today, Brian Briscoe. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well. Thanks a lot, Joe. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And a little bit about Brian. He is active duty U.S. Marine. Appreciate everything you and your colleagues do for us, keeping us safe and protecting our freedom, first and foremost. Brian was assigned to the Pentagon and is the co-founder of Four Oaks Capital, which is a multifamily investing firm. He's a host of a new podcast called The Diary of an Apartment Investor. In 2007, he started real estate with a single family house. And in 2018, he jumped right into multifamily. Right now, he's got five apartment communities and the total amount of units among those five is 250 based in D.C. With that being said, Brian, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure, absolutely. Thanks a lot. So first of all, I think back up, start with when I was in college. I was going to college to be a professor. I was always really good at math and I enjoyed teaching. And you, know, you put those two together and I think the natural path for me was to be a college professor in mathematics. Got a bachelor's degree, master's degree, and I applied to a PhD program following the get good grades, get a degree, get a good job pathway. Applied to a bunch of the top 10 schools and I got into a couple of them. So I started a PhD program at the University of Minnesota in August of 2001. And that's significant because it was just right before September 11th. So like most people, I watched three airplanes fly into the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And that event changed my trajectory significantly. I decided to put my studies on hold and basically went down to a Marine recruiter and said, I want in. And I've been active duty ever since. It wasn't the plan to stay active duty. The plan was actually do a three to four year tour, do my part and go back to school. But Ended up liking it, I guess, a little too much. I've been active duty ever since. And along the way, roughly 2005 timeframe, like a lot of people, very cliche, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that got me thinking on, okay, I need to start minding my own business. I need to start investing into income producing assets. And I realized as long as I was in the Marine Corps, I'd be moving every two to three years. So... I did what I thought I could do, and that was every time I moved, I would buy a house. So 2007 was the first house that we bought, and we bought another one in 2008. And every two to three years afterwards, pick up and move again and try to rinse and repeat the process. Several years later, I think this would have been late 2016, I realized that the light at the end of the tunnel of the Marine Corps career started growing bigger. And started looking at my portfolio and I was not making a ton of money off the single family properties that I had. I had a lot of trapped equity, but I wasn't cash flowing like I thought I would be by that time. So pulled out my handy spreadsheet. Once again, math background, pretty good at spreadsheets and just crunched some numbers. And I realized I'd need 60 or so single families to hit my goals. So started looking for ways to scale Right around that time, I picked up a, a bigger pockets book on buying 24 unit apartment building with little or no money down. And that really kind of lit the fire. And shortly after I found this podcast and a couple others, and I just started consuming everything I could about multifamily. I was listening to the, the best ever daily podcast on real estate on a daily basis. I was listening to several others. I was reading 
everything else. And I decided that multifamily would be the way that I would basically start to create wealth and cash flow. Started touring properties and realized that I needed more help than just what the podcasts were giving me. I think podcasts give you a lot of motivation, talk a lot about stories, but there's a lot of skills that are not quite covered in them. So bought an analysis tool, started going to events, getting around people who were doing the same thing. And eventually we got our first property under contract, found a couple of partners on the way, formed the company Four Oaks Capital. I'll let you dive in on an area you want later, but that's just the broad brushstrokes. But got the first property under contract in South Carolina. We're able to close on that one. And at this point right now, we're sitting with 250 units under our belt with another 167 apartment community under contract. Well, congratulations on the 167. That is quite a jump from the 250 total units that you've got. And we'll talk about that. Let's rewind a little bit just to get a little bit more context. Right. Every time you moved, once you had the idea of, hey, I want to do this, then every time you move, you bought a house. How many homes did you end up with? We ended up with three. One point where lenders looked at my income to debt ratio and they said, single income, you don't have enough income to buy another house. So we ended up with three actually. And mm-hmm. like I said, the cash flow coming off of those wasn't great. What was one the cash them, flow? One of them was kicking out a couple hundred dollars a month. One of them was actually sucking up about five to $600 a month. And the other one was breaking even. So you look overall for the first part of it, we were negative cash flowing towards the end with the three properties together, we were breaking even. Okay. Help me with that. Oh, towards yeah. the end. So initially you were making 200 and one losing five to 600 and the other right. and the third one, you're breaking even. But over time, you eventually were about breaking even. You said yeah. you did analysis. You needed mm-hmm. 60 single families to hit your goal. What was your goal? My goal was to basically match my current income. So I figured that we were living a pretty good life right now. We had everything that we needed. And if my passive income could match my current income, we'd be set. And I was also calculating in I will retire in about a year from the Marine Corps and I'll I'll get a retirement pension. So I think that number was about 120 to 150K per year based on certain parameters. So if it's 150, then it's 2,500 a property a Mm -hmm. year. So that's $208 a month that each property would bring in. Right, right. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. And the other thing I didn't mention is was also planning on putting 20% down and everything else. And it was, anyway, it ended up being a pretty daunting task once I, yeah. once I sat down and looked at it. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen in a long, long time. You went through the same exercise I went through. I had three single family homes, uh, four, I ended up with four, but mm-hmm. I don't know, at three or number four where I realized, wait a second, how am I going to get the down payment for each of these to get the cash flow goal? I think I was wanting $10,000 a month. So around where you were wanting. Yeah, right about the same. And, uh, yeah, I was like, that's going to take a long time and a lot of money unless I do creative financing and how, how I'm going to do that. And man, it's going to be a lot of paperwork. And, yeah, and I wasn't creative at the time. I didn't think I'd be able to use other people's money effectively. And I figured, hey, if I scrimp and save and do everything I can, I can probably manage to do two per year. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I'm 40 that's going to take me till I'm 70 years old to get this financial freedom thing. I'm like, that's too long. Maybe if I started when I was 20, 
But yeah. anyway, that's which, that's which doesn't factor in the value add plays, and then you do a refinance and get money out, and then you put that into deals. So there's some things that to be a contrarian to our thought process. Someone who is doing that, they might say, "Well, you're not factoring in the value I'd play in refinancing and renting and repeating." Like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that was before I heard about the whole Burr method. So it was a straight out one loan, and at the time we had refinanced all of our houses several times, and our loan balance kept on creeping up. So that model, honestly, and you're right, it didn't have all the factors in there, all the money making things in there. It was just get a 30 year loan and start paying it down, and that was the model that I built. But like I said, it was right when I was struggling with that philosophy that I ran into Brandon Turner's book. I'm like, wow, if I can buy 24 at once, mm-hmm. I can take this 30-year plan and turn it into maybe a 10-year plan. So that really kind of opened up a lot of doors for me, just that one little paradigm shift of apartment buildings are something that's accessible. I think prior to that, my own limiting beliefs told me that apartments weren't even accessible to me. So let's talk about the first apartment building. Well, mm-hmm. before we do that, why was the second house losing $600 initially? What happened? We were living in San Diego. And when we moved to San Diego, fortunately, we didn't buy when we did. Because we moved there in 2006. And I couldn't imagine putting two kids into what we could afford in San Diego, which was about 800 square feet. So we started renting. And then the market crashed. And I thought, oh, great, real estate's on sale. And we were patient. We were looking around in our neighborhood where we wanted to live, and we found a place. And the numbers on this one at the time made perfect sense. It was like, okay, this property was bought two years prior at four fifty, and we can get it for 300000 So I was looking at the difference between the peak and where we were at the time, thinking this is a great deal. And we bought the house. We moved into the house. And... Honestly, I was expecting on living there for three to four years at the time, and I ended up getting orders across the country. So we lived there for one year. So bottom line is I didn't really do my homework on what I would be making month to month after we moved out. I just wanted to jump in as quick as I could and say, hey, real estate's on sale. We qualify for a loan. We can get a house. This is building our portfolio. Um, When we ended up moving out, our mortgage at the time was $2,400 a month. And we rented it out at 1850 with a property manager. So we were out of pocket about six, six fifty for the first year. And then, like I said, refinanced the interest rate we had on it was 5.5. We refinanced it twice. And when we sold it, we were coming out of pocket about $300 a month on that property. But when we sold it, we walked away with 150,000 in our back pocket. So it all worked out in the end, just... I think that house prevented us from purchasing more at the time. The first apartment community was Mm -hmm. in South Carolina. How many units? 55. 55 units. So you went from three single family homes Mm -hmm. to 55 units. You are in Washington, D.C. at the time. Is that correct? Yep. Was in Washington, D.C. Okay. You said we, when you talk about buying it, who's we? So my partner's at Four Oaks Capital. So there's four of us total. And at the time, we weren't Four Oaks. I was involved in a mentoring program. I met one of my partners through the mentoring program. Michael Blanks. Okay. 
Anyway, just being around other people with similar ideas, I think was really a key point to any mentorship program. But I met Eric, one of my partners through the Michael Blunt Network, and he introduced me to the other two. But when we got that property under contract, it was me, Eric, and Brian Mallon that were going to run the show. We sat down, we looked at the purchase price, we looked at what we needed, and we said, we need one more person to help us raise money on this. And Eric says, I know a guy. Eric introduced us to Todd Butler, and we decided that we would collaborate and go in on this one deal. And three or four months later, after working with each other, getting to know each other, we had a couple of times where we all met together. We decided to form the company Four Oaks. So that's how we all met. That's how we got together. And every deal since has been the four of us collaborating and so far so good. What went wrong on the 55 units? The biggest thing that went wrong is we got pinched on our interest rate. Going in, our debt service ratio was tight as far as getting the proceeds that we wanted. But we closed just over a year ago. And if you remember what was going on, Fannie and Freddie were coming up towards their mandated caps. So they artificially increased interest rates to be able to slow down their lending. So I still remember getting the call from my broker saying, hey, I know we've been telling you to expect a three point something interest rate, but rates went up and we're at a 5.2 right now. So that was the biggest thing that went wrong was we expect to get three, 3.3, $3.4 million in proceeds at about a 75% LTV. And end of the day, we got mid sixties on our LTV because of the interest rate hike. So we ended up scrambling to be able to close that. We dug into our back pockets and basically put a bunch of our own money in there to bridge the gap. But that was the biggest thing that we had to deal with through the whole thing. But we ended up bringing in one other partner who brought in some money as well. And we ended up getting across the finish line and it's a performing asset now. And that one's in South Carolina. Where are the other four? The other four are actually all in South Carolina. And the one we have in our contract is Augusta, Georgia. In general, we're looking in the Carolinas and Georgia for our new deals. Okay. What's the size of the other four that you currently own? We've got a 33 in Columbia. We've got an 80 just outside of Greenville and an 82 right next to Clemson University. Okay. Is it focused on student housing, I imagine? It's actually not. It's about three miles away from the university. And the average person who's living there is an employee of the university, not a student. So it's not getting the same rents that the student housing would get. The rent points are a little lower than the ones that are Mm -hmm. focused on student housing and by the bed, but mostly two bedroom, one bathrooms, but still a good little property. Which one has performed the best? The one that has performed the best so far is one called Windwood, and that's the one next to Greenville, 80 units. When we bought it, 72 of the 80 were rentable, and we've been able to push rents even through COVID on our renewals. We've been able to, on the renewals, transfer the centralized water billing to the tenants, and we've been able to bring, as of right now, three of the eight down units up, and they're occupied. So we've maintained a fairly high occupancy even through COVID, and we've been able to push the numbers up. How did you find these deals? These were all through brokers. Three of them were through one brokerage, and that's Furman Capital. One of them was a Marcus and Millichap broker that brought it to us, and the other was a broker with Align Capital. So all of them through brokers, and 
Eric, one of my partners, is the acquisitions guy, and he's the magic behind it. He's the one that's dealing with the brokers, calling the brokers every day and doing all the analysis and making the offers. What's your primary role? My primary role right now is outreach. I'm kind of the wide end of the funnel. We do the podcast, and like I'm doing right now, I go on other podcasts as well. But in general, content plus marketing. You have four partners. Mm -hmm. I imagine that roles and responsibilities need to be defined clearly so that there's not people stepping on each other's toes. If that is the case, how do you categorize the roles for the individuals? So Eric's our director of acquisitions. Todd Butler does the majority of the asset management. Brian Mallon's handling the finance end, the bank accounts, the portals, the website, everything else. And the three of them right now are actually working full time. And because I'm still about eight months away from retiring from the Marine Corps and still have a full-time job, my role is a little smaller for the time being. Mm -hmm. So like I said, podcast and outreach, I do a lot of the social media postings and basically trying to bring new investors into the fold. What's been the biggest challenge that you all have come across, tactically speaking, on a property? The biggest challenge right now is none of us have a finance background. So we've struggled a little bit with that. We've hired a bookkeeper. We're talking about bringing in a controller to be able to do our finances, but it was just the one gap that we had. And we didn't realize that it would be what it is, but right now, That's our biggest challenge is trying to figure out, we know how much money we have in the bank. We know everything else. How much can we give as distributions and everything else? So we're working with a couple of people. We were interviewing a couple of people right now to come in and to be a part-time controller for us and help us with that piece. Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say take action. I firmly believe that there is a virtuous cycle that can occur. If you believe, take action and just keep on rinsing and repeating. You end up gaining a little more confidence. And every time you take action, you're stretching your own boundaries. So your belief gets a little bit bigger, I guess, and then you're able to do more. So I would say wherever you're at, just start small, take action and keep on pushing the ball forward. You still have those three homes? I've sold two of them. Which ones you keep? I have one in DC. Okay. Is that the breaking even one? That's the breaking even one. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Ready. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Best ever conference is almost here starting February 18th. We have over 30 of the best ever speakers in commercial real estate. When you sign up, you are placed in a virtual mini mastermind group to network and gain connections from start to finish. And if you're looking to elevate your investing game, this is the place to be. Visit BEC2021.com and use the code INVEST15 to get 15% off. All right. Best ever resource that you use to do your job as it relates to a real estate investor? Best ever resource right now, it's, I would say partly my podcast because I'm able to talk to so many different people with so many different experiences. And a lot of times I'm able to contact these guys who are light years ahead of me and ask them questions. 
best ever book you've recently read? You know, I've read or listened to hundreds. I think the one I keep on coming back to and the one that I read daily is the Book of Mormon. It provides clarity and focus for me. As far as business books, I would have to say Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? Well, I give 10% of all my income to charity. And like I said earlier in the program, I, I do like to teach. So I do spend probably several hours a week talking with aspiring apartment investors who want to learn more about the business. And I feel like that's a good way to give back to people who are trying to do what I'm doing as well. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Best places are our website, fouroakscapital.com, or once again, through the podcast, Diary of an Apartment Investor, which is available in all major podcast apps. Brian, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how you got started and the reasons why you transitioned, as well as how you got up and running, going from single family homes to apartments. You got an analysis tool, you went to events, and you found partners through those events and mentoring group. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day. Talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and your time today.